welcome to the Boxing Now Podcast. I am your host, that dude named Dave. And sitting to my left, but he is my right-hand man, Jorge. How's it going? Uh, Doing great. Just uh, coming off a of vacation over the weekend and uh, missed a lot of boxing news that came out over the weekend. Man, we're going to talk about that, about how one of us should go on vacation every weekend. Exactly. Know? Guaranteed. Man. But before we get started here, let's do this as we do every single time, or, you know, every episode here. Click like subscribe hit the bell notification on youtube you know for the full episodes even the clip that we're putting together here so like i said youtube like subscribe bell notification boxing now podcast also we're on all audio audio podcasts Ooh, tongue twisted there jorge but we're on apple and spotify as well as every other podcast stream there so yo we everywhere that started last week and also shout out to our partner our affiliate spanglish sports world channel 250 on the zingo app going forward now not only you can catch us in all those formats, people, we're going to be on there 10 o'clock p.m. Monday through Sunday. So if you want to go through a random show, an audio podcast on Apple or Spotify, you want to go on YouTube, or if you're on the Zingo app, we're everywhere. So you know what, though? We're young in our infancy, but you know what, though? You can catch us. Ain't that cool, Jorge? It's great to be seen and found on all platforms you wish to desire to watch us in. Yeah, man. So what we're talking about today is Oscar De La Hoya, probably, or a little bit of Thriller, or, you know, a little bit of Manny Pacquiao, or maybe a little Terrence Crawford. It's, it's just so much boxing that happened news when you were on vacation, Jorge. I go out for three days, folks. Just three days, right? Friday, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and all this news comes in. I actually had to have a conversation with this man at the airport on the way back because there was so much coverage. I'm like, I, I, I got to have a conversation. I got to talk about this. Stuff. Yeah, you hit me up on a Sunday, and I was like, yo, ain't you supposed to be gone you're like no i'm at the airport man and so we started talking and so much boxing has occurred this week oh my god like i could not wait till you got over here so we could start talking about it here so let's get into the nuts and bolts jorge first things first here let me do it it's not official yet we could possibly be seeing manny pacquiao against terrence crawford Oh, my Lord, Jorge. Remember, I had originally talked in the early episodes when we first started how the negotiations between Spence and Crawford and how Manny, you know, had the WBO belt. And if Crawford would have beat him, you have the two belts. And then Spence had the two belts. So we could have this 50-50 negotiating to be none of these problems, mm-hmm. you know, because we were talking in the last episodes how Spence 60-40 or 70-30 and Crawford saying he was done with everything because he couldn't get a 50-50 fight. And so we're looking at the situation like, man, we may not even see Spence and Crawford once again, but we know how boxing can be. And then out of left field, I'm going through the social media diatribe. And then what happens? Man, we're seeing that Bob Arum had requested June 5th at the pay-per-view date. And Manny Pacquiao is that guy. So Jorge, you had some strong words about Jorge. I mean, about Manny, I can't, you know, about Manny Pacquiao saying that uh yo, you know you might need to retire remember that i got some strong words about myself too though oh day, i know i put you day. i know i hate to do that but you did say that but the fight could be here now yep. living legend manny pacquiao against one of the best welterweights in the world one of the best fighters in the world in terrence crawford what do you think if if aaron was able to get this deal done and make the announcement next week is what they're saying well i, I think he's got the date he's got a ven, venue well he's got a location in abu dhabi that's what's been mentioned reported on uh i the date i like 
the location I like because the money was there, which was the reason why the fight ended up working out in the first place, right? In our pre-meeting, we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. That was essentially where the the the, the dividing line was, right? What, what was holding up that potential fight and stuff. So, and, and we talked about that in our previous uh, episodes and stuff, why that fight wasn't coming up there. So now the fight's yeah. there, the money's hopefully there, and and we have a date. So now it's just a matter of getting him to agree on the the purse and get that fight scheduled and ready to go. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. That definitely made waves. That caught my attention when you mentioned it. And I'm, I'm actually really just want to get to the point where let's get all the things, the, the logistics taken care of and let's get that fight going. I can't wait. Yeah. There's been a lot of stuff going on on social media. We was going back and forth talking about it. Terrence Crawford was saying a lot of stuff. He was in his bag. He was extra emotional. You know, like there's a. There's he was a, in his feelings. My man, friend. he was in his feels. He was extra jelly. Whatever was going on was with no jam. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he literally went on a litany Twitter tirade. I said, we're recording this on a Wednesday. I think it was Monday. Mm-hmm. He was just going down this rabbit hole of like, you know, first they said, I need to, I need to get a belt. I got a belt. I still can't get the fight. They said I need to fight somebody. I'm fighting people. I still can't get it. I call these guys at 140 and I can't get these guys, you know? So he, and then he's like, don't ask me about Spence. The, the fight is over. I'm not going that route. He was, ooh, he was really feeling himself. He was, I mean, I can understand it too. Like, here's a guy that he wants his respect. He isn't welterweight. And there's another guy who's got the claim to be number one. And these guys are competitive. They want to be able to say that they're the top guy, you know? So when you can't get the fight and then there's so much back and forth, rumors, things of that nature. Hey, guys getting a back and they get uh they feel a certain type of way. So the proposed date is June 5th on pay-per-view. And we talked to her, hey man, these the summers line up for boxing. Like we talked about May being a hot month. And now we're gonna look into June with these dates being lined up here. And it's like, yo, this is gonna be a hot boxing summer. Yeah, no, that's just I mean it's it's already picking up in April with, with some, some of the smaller fighters though, with some, there's some, there's some, there's some guys that we can take a look at and talk about them when we get a chance, mm-hmm. but May's looks lining up. We've covered May now probably the last couple episodes. Now May's lined up perfectly fine. June is starting to fill in just yeah. nicely. July's just starting to, they start available Saturdays for the summer are becoming less and less available. They're, they're getting picked up for a lot of different fights, a, lot of, a couple of different exhibition fights that we'll get into. So it's, it's going to be a hot summer, a lot of a busy summer, busy pay-per-view summer. Mm-hmm. We just got to see what the pricing looks like for some of these fights and stuff to see, hey, you know, do we have enough to afford watching all these fights? I think in our case, we end up probably having to do it because it's, it's a yeah. job to cover them, you know? You know what? There's going to be people going to be very, very upset at the fact that there's all these pay-per-views and how you're going to pay for them. Like, we know the thrill of pay-per-view is going to be $49.95. They set a standard that they're not going to be overpriced like that. But boxing, we can believe that's going to be like $74.95 for a pay-per-view, especially with Manny Pacquiao involved. And yep. like I said, Abu Dhabi was the main factor right now because the money's in the Middle East right now. We can't have people in the stands here right now. We're still having massive COVID rates. So most states still are not having people in the arenas. So we got it, you know, people that got to go to other countries where that they're more relaxed or don't even have the cases right now of, of a major uh pandemic actually happening across the world there. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, there, there, there's so much to unpack here, Jorge, because mm-hmm. this came out of left field, literally. Like when we're talking, how we mentioned how Sean Porter, right? Yep. We talked about Manny Pacquiao, but we didn't think that was going to happen because the fact that Manny Pacquiao was looking for a minimum of 20 million, sure, at least. And I can understand that Manny Pacquiao is a living legend. He's made gangs of money. I mean, man, the fight of Floyd Mayweather, he made a million of 80 million. I think at the end, he made like 150 million. Yep. So, of course, you know, in your head, you're like, yo, 
I need this 20 million. And for years, we talked about how the Crawford fight couldn't happen because the money wasn't there. Now the money is there now. So I want to ask you a question here. Sure. Do you think that Manny has any magic left? Manny has magic, has some magic left. Does he have uh, 2008, 2009 magic? Probably not. Does he, but I would, I would assume he has some magic left there just basing it off of his performances against uh, uh, Joe Horn and Bradley and uh, Thurman. So I, I think there's some, there's, there's, there's definitely plenty in the tank, but I don't think he has the same, the same stuff that he had back in the back, back, back in his prime when it really mattered, right? When he's moving up the weight divisions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think he has enough to make this a competitive fight. Um, I don't know if he has enough to knock out Crawford because I think Crawford's defense and his dynamic fighting ability to basically switch stances will make it easy yeah. enough. And, and and look, and Manny's still fast, but he's never going to show up as fast as he did before. Mm-hmm. You know, so he assume he'll take in, he's taken a step off on the power department. He's definitely taking a step off in the speed department. So with that said, I still make, I still think it ends up being a competitive fight. I, I still think Crawford comes out winning on that fight, but it'll be a fun fight to watch and it'll be very competitive. And I'm looking to see where, you know, how Pac-Man fights somebody like Crawford who's lengthy and younger than him and can probably match him step for step on everything I've mentioned. Yeah, I mean, good analysis there. One of the things um, about Manny Pacquiao is that, he, like I said, he does have some of the tank, even though he hasn't fought close to two years. His last two fights when he came over to the PBC, he gave Adrian Broner a lesson, yep. gave him a nice little lesson. Then after that, he beat an undefeated Keith Thurman. Um, what I know I've had my personal opinions about him, but at the end of the day, Keith Thurman is a damn good fighter. He was undefeated, welterweight champion. And for Manny Pacquiao, I think he was 41 at that time to go in, get a knockdown, knock him down, leaving the first round. And it's not one of those wins where that's, it was not controversial. You know, you say, go into it. No, it was a good, hard fight that Pacquiao clearly won. You know, so he's been out for two years, but Pacquiao is showing that it doesn't matter how old you are. He still got that juice. The problem, though, with Manny is, though, that he takes the foot off the gas. You know, the knockouts hasn't come really in a long time. And even Freddie Roach has talked about it, how, like, you know, since he's made the full conversion to Christianity, he doesn't have that killer pop anymore. He goes into a certain point and then he takes his foot off the gas when he knows he got it, you know? So as far as like knockouts concerned, I don't see him knocking out Terrence Crawford. Crawford has a freaking jaw. Like we've seen Crawford in matches. I don't know if the guys who were hitting him didn't have any pop, but I've seen shots where he got hit clear flush on the jaw. He smiled and nodded his head and he's like, yeah, like he, He's one of them boxers who you just can't land one clean shot and you're going to get him. It's got to be accumulation because we've never seen Crawford really hurt. And also I want to add to Jorge, you've had your issues, not issues. You had some uh, questions about Crawford at welterweight. This fight. I don't, all of it. I'm going to say it doesn't to a degree. Know why? I say for me, I, mm. I think, I think Crawford is a great fighter and he's not going to get his just to not from me and not from you, but from other people who are haters. Because, you know, I can see the excuses already right now, right? He beats Manny. It's, he has to be so dominant to get his just due because where Manny's at right now. He ain't fought in two years. He's 43 years old. So you're going to see some people say you beat a 43-year-old Pacquiao and you're probably pound for pound because ESPN has been pumping you up for all these years. You should have destroyed Pacquiao. Matter of fact, if you look at the interviews, Aaron didn't want to want you to want uh, Pacquiao to fight him because he thought you can get killed by him, you know? So there's going to be built-in excuses for the Terrence Crawford haters. 
that he's not going to get his just due. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to be that one, but I just want to point that out because there's going to be people out there who will do that even if he is dominant. I think he won't get his just due regardless. Now, here's the here's, there's two different angles you can point into that, right? Okay. If he doesn't knock him out right away and stuff, he's going to get criticized for not being able to knock out an older fighter who's, mm -hmm. who's, who's, who's quote unquote long in the tooth now and stuff in the yep. boxing game and stuff. So he won't get his just he won't get he won't get any credit for that either. Mm -hmm. And if he gets and if he knocks him out early, oh, you beat a forty three year supposed to have it. Yep. No matter what, he's not going to get his or just due from if any it of goes hitters. twelve rounds, it's like yo, why you let. You let this happen like this, like, and we never seen Crawford hurt. So as soon as Manny, let's say Manny clips him and gets hurt, the haters are gonna come out and say, "If you got hurt by Manny, imagine you're gonna get hit by uh, by Spence, who's also a southpaw, who's bigger, stronger, and longer than him, and he's at welterweight, but we know that he's gonna be a junior middleweight, a middleweight any time now. You know, we look at Spence's future. So there's gonna be haters gonna say, "Yo, if if Pacquiao hurts you." Look what's going to happen when Spence gets a hold of you. Know, puts, yeah. Get some glove. So I'm I'm not saying it's going to be me. I was thinking earlier that there's going to be so many people that's going to hate on the outcome if whatever Terrence Crawford is going to how it's going to come out for him if he's the the, the victor. At, at the end of the day, you, you still have to look at this as COVID took a year away from a lot of these guys and stuff, right? I mean, we're basically getting a fight that probably could have happened if if COVID wasn't here. It would have been it would probably could have came up last year. It mm -hmm. might even have happened this year, but it would have been earlier, yeah. right? Maybe like in January or something or February. Mm -hmm. So my point is, is that he's never gonna, he was never going to get it regardless. And COVID, it's easy to just bypass COVID and just say, ah, you know, you know, it doesn't matter. They should be ready to fight anyways. No, at the end of the day, most of these guys during COVID season need need a sparring partner to basically help with trying out something new, keeping some ring rust off, right? They wouldn't be in a ring and stuff doing like a short two round, three round sparring match. It doesn't. The point is, is that they need. You needed to get that rust off, and in some ways, Manny's probably gonna come to this fight looking a little rusty. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes twelve rounds. I wouldn't be surprised if he got knocked out because again, it, he hasn't fought in two years, so it's it's gonna. Crawford's not gonna get any credit for this. You know what? Unfortunately, you know what though? I could see Crawford. Crawford's a guy. He's gonna go for the kill. This is this he should is, go for the kill. Well, this is a fight he needs desperately. Um, let's backtrack here real fast. We were talking a few weeks ago how the back and forth between him and Errol Spence, mm. and they were both at the the Virgil Ortiz fight. Yep. And we heard Crawford say, "I'm not talking about Spence no more. This fight's done." Blah 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 blah. He was in his feelings, whatever, like that. This is the type of fight now that turns Spence and Crawford. If Crawford wins, a 50-50 fight. Now, hear me out here. I'm looking at Manny Pacquiao. This could either be his last hurrah, or me being at my age and this fight picked it all pinpointed for me. This could be a sugar Shane moment. I say the reason why I say this is a sugar Shane Which moment. Sugar Shane moment because there, there's a couple. Which well, one are, we, are we talking about the margaritos? Yes. That's See, what I'm figuring yes, with. yeah, that's what I'm going with here. Uh, hear me out here for a second. Sure, sure, go ahead. Okay, we looked at Sugar Shane Mosley in 2009 as a top 10 welterweight who was still very good but on the downhill. Yeah. He had his peak when he beat Oscar twice. He wasn't knocked down yet at that point. Yeah, he had his peak when he beat Oscar twice, but he had the Balco scandal. Mm -hmm. You know, he unknowingly took HGH, human growth hormones, in the second uh, Oscar fight. Then, of course, he had the, you know, later on, he fought Cotto. Mm -hmm. Tough fight. We talked about that offline. You know how that was a damn good fight. People should check that out. Sugar Shane Mosley and Miguel Cotto. That was a great fight. Where Action packed all 12 rounds. You'll enjoy it. You're, you're <laughs> not, again, two fighters that could not get knocked down. For their life, oh, but was, punches were thrown. Bombs it was, were it thrown. was a good fight. And so we were looking at Shane as a good fighter, but on the downhill. Mm. And then Margarito had just destroyed Cotto with the loaded gloves. Yep. We know we don't have proof on that, but we, it's, a, it's, it's yeah. enough to convince me. I yeah, mean. exactly. So 
Mosley got the fight. And if you look at the HBO telecast, it was just fanfare for Margarito. Here he is finally getting his just dude, got the belt. He's the welterweight who beat Cotto. He was going to be the man, you know, blah, blah, blah. He, he was setting up for the post-Floyd era. Who's going to take the mantle? We thought it was going to be Cotto. Cotto got wiped out. We know Manny's there because this fight's going to happen. And what does Shane do? Going through all the problems he had. His wife was going through divorce with him and took the belt and money and everything that he had. You know, he was going through drama. And what happened? We talked about his trainer, uh, brother Nassim Richardson. Great man. Great man. He uh, gave Shane the perfect game plan, swim without getting wet. Exactly. And they caught the, we talked about caught the loaded gloves and gave him the beating of a lifetime and stopped him, I believe, in the ninth or tenth round, Margarito. And that was, I. if you look at Shane's career, he's had highs and lows. That was his last great moment where that he became the welterweight champion again. He'd be the guy that no one think he could beat. And that landed him the Floyd fight right after that. So when I say this is his, this could be a Shane moment, I'm saying that I'm not sure pair the two as far as like, you know, Manny Pacquiao is a greater fighter than Shane Mosley. But we're looking at someone who's still a good, great fighter, pot, you know, on the downhill, 43. Because come on, man, how many fighters are great at 43? Yep. And does he have his sugar Shane moment where that here's a guy who Terrence Crawford who's a world beater, is a monster, also a three-division champion. Can he beat this monster who is longer than him, taller than him, stronger than him? And if he does, that leads him right back to Al Heyman for a PBC spy with Errol Spence for like the Floyd fight. You see, I'm using that correlation I see what there. you're saying there, yeah. You know, so for Manny, as great as he is, he's 43 years old, right? So I'm using that like you've seen a great fighter. And he's taken two years off, maybe because of COVID, and he's a senator in the Philippines, and he's getting ready. Hopefully, you know, maybe one day he'll be president. And this could be the beatdown, or this could be leading to one more big fight. Because I don't, with Manny's age in his career right now, is either this one or maybe one more fight after this one, and then he's going to exhibition route like everybody else. Exactly. So I, I just like, he's not out of box. <laughs> I know it's a little long winded there, but I just want you to hear that whole scenario for people who don't know about Shane Mosley and about that scenario. I brought that up because of we thought Shane was done. We thought he was gonna give Margarito a good fight, and what happened? He gave him a beatdown. And people could be doing the same thing about Manny. We seen Manny just not that gave Thurman a good fight and beat him. Could he do the same thing, Thurman? Man, I mean, to uh, to Crawford. Shit. So Mosley and that fight with Margarita, I want to say this about Shane Mosley, though. Mm -hmm. He wasn't the hero that we needed, it, uh, you know, we asked for, but we got it at that moment. That man, oh, yeah. that man <laughs> was a hero for boxing. As a boxing fan, mm -hmm. he was a hero to me because to me, he cleared up an injustice that needed to be corrected. Right. Mm -hmm. Cotto got his revenge later on, but that was the one that needed to be exposed completely. And he did it out both outside the ring and in the ring. So Shane's always going to be my hero for that. Yeah, we needed that fight for Shane to win so that Cotto can get his retribution later. Because if Nassim Richardson does not catch those gloves, we don't know how long that Margarito is using loaded gloves after that point. Because exactly. he can take a punch. He known that he will take two or three to get one off. He was a guy who threw punches in volume, 100 punches around. So he was more of attrition, wear you down, kept coming forward. And eventually by the sixth, seventh round, when those gloves were hardened, yep. and he's throwing 100 punches and those shots, the bicep starts getting, starts feeling it. Yep. Like when Canelo, like Canelo talked about how he was aiming for, what's the name's bicep, so that he couldn't throw it. Remember he had that yep. big old knot? Could you imagine if you have loaded gloves and you're doing that? Yep. And then you're not just loaded on the arms, you're going to the bicep, the chest, and to the face, and Cotto was busted up. So... Shane saved the day 
for so many lows down the line. Who's to say that if he doesn't get caught, that he fights Manny and Manny gets that ass whooping? The, the way again, Shane, he he saved boxing. To me, he saved boxing that night because basically you took down somebody that was going to essentially ruin the sport. And and Margarito, don't say this kid's wrong. He would have ruined the sport because if he didn't get caught for this fight, he would have been caught for some other fights. Mm-hmm. And let's just say here, just because he got caught is not is always that's not the first time you done. It. Exactly. It's the first time you got caught. The first it. time he got caught, exactly. So at some point, say this had happened down the road, he would have been looked at for every prior fight before that, therefore ruining boxing boxers and boxing along the way. Because at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, how the hell did this shit happen in the first place? How did mm-hmm. it get away with all this? So Nazim Richardson, big hero. Rest in peace, my friend. Shane, always my hero for coming in there with the right. <laughs> no, he came in there with a chip in his shoulder, mm-hmm. whatever, thing, whatever, whatever was going on with his life at that point. And then on top of that, no, he came in there with an, on a mission. And I, yeah. I, I will always love that man for doing what he did in that ring that day. So this is a reason why we're still able to talk about boxing today the way we want to talk about boxing. Mm-hmm. So always a big up and thank you, Shane. Yeah. So that's that, why I brought that analogy up. So the, so the circumstances, though, now we get to the actual comparison. Now I think the circumstances would be different because that circumstance for Shane was a lifesaver for the sport where Pacquiao is basically doing it for his career. Now, if he's got dreams and he's able to motivate himself because of those dreams for another big fight, then then, then that's that then that's your sugar Shane Mosley from that part. I just don't think it would be the same. I think Mosley had a the lot. Same. Same, just, same, same was on this down, down world spiral. Right. And he and basically you once you go down, you have to come up, and that was the come up for Shane. I'm I, using the correlation because if Crawford has been doing what he's been doing the last what like 10 fights, he's he's knocked out like the last 10, 11 fighters. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that about Crawford, he's not just winning and getting 12 round decisions and it's like he's doing a master class, he is winning by knockout. Mm-hmm. He is going through attrition, and he or he switched to southpaw. Maybe he goes to southpaw within thirty seconds of the first round. He's like, "No, I don't like orthodox. I'm gonna go this here, and I'm just gonna proceed to punish and hammer you until you're out of here." And so, Noah Crawford, he look, he may have to go for the gusto on this one to do this the way it needs to be done. I was bringing up that that scenario because if he loses to Crawford, what man? He got nothing to prove now. He can retire. He's gonna get this big bag here if it happens. It gets announced next week. And if he gets beat by Crawford, there's no point in he even fighting Spence. Like, you know, they're they're both younger fighters. So if you lose this one, then the bag has to be that good to do the Spence fight. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I was using that correlation that, you know, being an older fighter, people are kind of counting him out, except for his home country in the Philippines. Shout out to my man, Mikey. We were talking about this the other day. Mikey is representing for the Filipinos there in Fort Manny. So shout out to Mikey. We'll talk about this after the show here, Mike. So could it be Manny being done or he gets this W? Gets Crawford's belt and then gets one more payday because there's more one more payday for him is Spence if he wins. He loses. What does he got to fight for? Because he it would be Mike, Mikey Garcia. We talked about that one. And I even said that's gonna be an easy W for him. So at least he's still daring to be great at 43. I think he's daring to be great with the right fighter. I think with Spence, it would have been a harder fight for him, right? So he's fighting the right fighter at the right time. You call you call Crawford the right fighter. I think I think for him, if you had to compare between Crawford and Spence, look, I like I like. Both I say one A and one B. It's not even right. I'm saying you get you're in for a world of hurt. I, <laughs> I, I, but if you, if you had to pick between the two, chances are you're going to go against a more heavier Spence at that point. No, nah, I'd rather have Crawford. Know why? Because Spence is naturally soft, Paul. 
See, Crawford goes back and forth. If I got to go as a guy who's naturally a southpaw, that's the guy I don't really fight because, you know, that because one thing about Manny is you don't see many southpaws in in boxing. Manny's also a southpaw, so you're not seeing many. So we, you're going to see southpaw Crawford. versus southpaw fight. Yeah, you just, so you're seeing consistently southpaw against southpaw. You know Crawford's going to go orthodox on you. Yeah. So I'm saying like you know as far as like a fighting preference and looking at styles that you see often, as much as fight, Manny's been fighting all these years. There's not many southpaw and southpaw matches that he has. There's not that many southpaws in yeah, general. Yeah, exactly. So, That's why I'm saying in that instance is like I would rather fight the guy who I know is going to be orthodox than the guy who knew is going to show me that same southpaw angle all the time because southpaw against southpaw is even when you're a southpaw that is not a natural fight for you. Exactly. So, so that's why I'm so, saying. So, so from a boxing point of view, that actually would make more sense from Manny's point of perspective. You'd rather fight the some the guy that's going to more often than none, seventy percent of the time is going to fight orthodox, right? Something he's very familiar with, right? Mm -hmm. Look again to me. I think if you had fought Spence, it, it, it makes for a weird fight because you're right, we don't see Southpaw versus Southpaw. I think Spence comes in heavier after the weigh in and stuff. We talked about that. In the, oh, yeah, Spence is the bigger guy. The, he is. Thing. Spence is the bigger guy. That's that's not a diminished Crawford. It's just no, no, just, just naturally. He's because Crawford came from 135 and Spence has been his whole career at, at 147. 147. Exactly, you know, matter of fact, he said before the accident that all his fights I've even mentioned that he was weighing anywhere from 180 to 190 recently until the accident where that, you know, he had the rehab and got himself in shape where he came in before camp at 160 something. So just naturally walking around at 180 pounds to a guy who's naturally starting off at 135 weight class. So we probably say that maybe in a, on an off training session, Crawford's probably walking around like 160, 170 max if he's not taking care of himself. Maybe sure. 160, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, no Crawford, but I always, I always see him in good shape. So I would never even think that he comes out of shape during the, during his off fights sure. like that. Yeah, no disrespect to Crawford in this case. No. And in this case, one A and one B. But these one A and one Bs are different in dynamics and what and what the dimensions are and stuff. So that's that's a different conversation for mm -hmm. those two, right? When it comes to Manny and Crawford and stuff, you're right. I think Crawford. I, Crawford should go for the gusto. I just don't think he will. I think he's going to spend at least a couple of rounds trying to figure out what stance he's going to pick. That's been his mo for the most part. When he fought Gamboa, was the same thing. He went at least no, five no, rounds. I'm going to call that, that out. He don't take a few rounds now. The last four or five fights, he switches to Southpaw within thirty to the minute and 30 of the first round. Yeah, like, he he, quick, yeah. But I'm saying like, he doesn't take rounds to figure out how, like he literally says, okay, I'm going to start off orthodox here. And then like in the beginning, like I said, with Gamboa, he took a little bit longer. Now he just like, he looks at you and this within, by if you notice the last several fights with by a minute and 30, he's already in Southpaw. He don't take wait to second round, third round. He says, no, forget this. I'm giving you Southpaw right now because I can see you can't handle Southpaw. I think, I think for, Pack for Pacquiao, he's going. I think he's going to take the gamble approach, and the only reason why because it's still Pac-Man. That's mm -hmm. why. It, it, it's not, it's one thing if it's Kel Brook. This is Pacquiao. You you still are going to try to spend, and in, in the case with Crawford being able to switch, he's going to at least attempt it once to figure out. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes through his whole training camp at least sparring with a southpaw, at least see what that looks like, mm -hmm. and at least make a decision on how he would fight another fight a southpaw. Because you're right, we're not going to see. You don't see Southpaws versus Southpaws, but in this fight with Crawford, he will see a moment. It will be a Southpaw versus Southpaw fight. Yeah, and, it will and, be. And it will look a little awkward to the viewer if you're not used to it. So I would say I think Crawford spends at least a couple rounds switching to find out. And I think more often than none, he's going to end up staying orthodox. If he stays Southpaw, he found something in his sparring or during the fight that makes him think that he got something there. If not, I would expect him to go orthodox for the rest of the fight. Yeah, I agree with that as well, too. So... I don't want to go too much on it because it's still we still don't we're not across the the finish line yet because he Bob Aram requested the pay per view date, so as soon as we get that 
cleared up. We know about that. And like I said, Abu Dhabi, once again, Middle East, that's where the money's at. We don't have people in the stands. So we literally, this is March 31st we're recording this here. So by like April 4th or 5th, hopefully, we'll have some clarity on this. And if this happens, thank you. Thank <laughs> you, exactly. Oh, my God. Because for Crawford, I don't know how long I can go on social media watching him go away. He's been going, man. He's been in his feelings. I can understand like when you were looking for that fight so bad you can't get it and you're, you're exhausting your, your avenues. So if it happens... Hey, people, May and June is sizzling. Yeah, COVID's got a way of making everybody get into their feelings and stuff. So I understand Crawford. I can get that one. Yeah. So I wanted to transition here. This is still on the same lines here for um, June 5th here. That pay-per-view is uh, supposed to be tentative for here. That segues into Manny Pacquiao's old promoter, which is Terrence Crawford's current promoter, Bob Arum. Sure. Top rank. Top rank. So... <laughs> I'm laughing. This is going to be a fun conversation. This part we, we talked about it <laughs> earlier, and this was this was fun then. Okay, I sent you a voice note uh, on the phone because I was looking at every single angle of the Crawford Manny Pacquiao fight off the rip. I was on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, you know, I'm on Instagram, I'm looking everywhere, right? And one thing that I've noticed is that Tiafimo Lopez next fight is on June 5th, tentatively. We, I'm going to keep repeating this here. I have an episode where I said, Tiafimo gets the bag. I, you know, we do. I, we, yeah, I mean, episode 16 or 17, folks, check one of those. It will highlight the headline Tiafimo gets the bag. I might put that on here for when I do the editing of this show here so that you can we'll, you get we'll put it as reference. Yeah, yeah, we're, reference. we're gonna have that here. So, um, I'm not gonna go back on the backstory here because we got the episode we talked about it in the last episode. So, tentatively, though. Uh, Tiafima Lopez has his fight on June 5th. He went through the mandatory process. Bob Arum didn't want to pay you know, the money for it. And then next, you know, Thriller came out of left field. We talked about it and threw this astronomical number. Astronomical by mandatory numbers. Yeah. By, for, mean, for a guy of Tiafima status who is a good fighter, but it's like, wow. Right? So, let me uh, level set here, Jorge. The past week and a half, Tiafima Lopez and his dad has been saying a whole bunch of stuff and i and here's the thing it's boxing right so guys are going to talk to promote themselves they're the louder the better they're being boisterous you know and and one thing about boxing sometimes they say things that doesn't make any goddamn sense right put your foot in your mouth put your foot in your mouth thank you jorge so they were going out you know, one of the things that we're not fighting on pay-per-view anymore this is teofimo lopez senior bob aram's got to show us the money we are not doing pay-per-view. We're doing pay-per-view only. You know, like basically saying that since Thriller threw this bag at us and we're getting our biggest payday for our mandatory, you know, Thriller is going to do what they can do with Tyson and um, and uh, Roy Jones, that we're going to be like Floyd Mayweather. We're going to be like Manny Pacquiao. We're going to be fighting only on pay-per-view. Bob Arum, do your goddamn job. Get us our money because we're worth it. You know, they, they're talking big time here, right? I get it. You're getting what? Three million for this fight, at least, you know. I mean, but the whole it was six million, but because of the purse split, you know, this is his biggest cut. Sure. Then his dad came out saying that they're fighting this fight, you know, as far as trying to get their money and do right by them. It's the same thing as when Ali went through his problems in the 70s with the government and stuff like that. I'm gonna say this here. STFU, shut the fuck up, TFU Malota Senior. You do not compare your business aspect, what Ali was dealing with 
when it comes to political actions for a black man who's dealing the crap like that. I understand making the trying to make an analogy. Don't make an analogy for business or someone who's going through racist problems, you know, in this country from a black man. I had to get it. You trying to blow your spot up, but shut the fuck up. That's your PSA from David Jordan. I, I don't curse that much. I'm, I try not to, but that threw me off. Don't compare yourself to any political or racist movement when it comes to business. That's anybody. Don't do that because there's going to be people like me. It's like, you don't know what the hell is going through with that person to deal with that. If you compare a business situation where you or someone you know has went through problems, that's a whole different ball game. Like I'm Tyson just, you know, you know hindered himself. But you can use an analogy how Don King did bogus by him and tons of fighters. Mm. Fine analogy where Don King screwed over boxers. Like that instance. Do not bring race or politics into your business aspect for you getting your biggest payday. So, so, so. so I just so, have to say that before we get for it. But go for ahead. David's point, though, basically, it's the same thing. It's the same rule in politics, I think. You don't bring up the Holocaust in any way to some sort of issue. I think that's. You're going, you're, you're going overboard. You're don't bring, don't bring slavery. When it comes to boxing, you don't, you do the same thing. Yeah, there's there certain things you don't bring up because there's always historical context that, you know, that basically, you know, that, that precedes it basically. And you don't yeah. want, and it sets the president, and you don't want to essentially invoke that, those prior presidents in, from from the sports perspective and and bring that into your own business because at the end of the day, you sound foolish. Yeah. So I wanted to say that to say. Don't do that. Don't do it. Like it, 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 it you're going to find people like me. It's like, nah, because here's the thing. I know boxers, what they're trying to do. Boxers, they love their fans. They, when you meet them, they are so nice and you, you can have conversations with them for hours and hours. Right. And I understand by being in the boxing arena, you got to do things out of the ordinary to get yourself that appeal, that fanfare, that pop culture type of thing. Like what Ryan Garcia is doing. He has the young appeal, you know, being with the younger audience, things of that nature. But when here's the thing, I say this too. Tia Lopez senior said that. Lopez Jr. co-signed it by allowing his dad to talk like that. Here's the thing here. Now, here's the thing. Whenever you have you have boxers who have trainer dads, what these fighters do is they let their dad be the mouthpiece. Let them do all the talking. Let them do all the stuff so that you can look like the good guy. That's just my dad. My dad's being my dad. But you know what, though? You let you give your dad the green light. So when we, situations like these happen, I'm not saying this one. We're not saying it, but it could have been his dad and his own feelings, you know, and saying these things he's saying, right? But you're given the green light, so we don't know if you actually feel this way or both of y'all feel this way. Either way, both of y'all saying this. So, Tia Fimo, check your dad. Just like I say about Danny Garcia, when his dad was talking reckless, he had to check him too because he was talking crazy mess too. So, I just saying that, yo, there's a way to promote yourself without being a damn idiot. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, exactly. No, no, either know your history before you say something. And look, if your dad's your, you know, look, I'm close with my dad as well. Yeah. And Everybody but, knows but, how but, close but, I am with my pops. Exactly, exactly. So at the end of the day, they, they, they're your best representative of who you are and mm -hmm. stuff. They're also your PR team. Yes. So at the end of the day, don't say anything until you've run it by you, Junior. Because And if it doesn't run it by you, I'm thinking that you you're okay with that because he gave his dad the green light to talk whenever he wants to talk. So if you give your dad the green light, it's two things. Yep. You are having your own little pillow talk of your pops, and you say, hey, your dad, I want you to say it because I can't say it and everybody be cool if you saying it because it's just you or, hey, you just being you pop. Either way, you're cool with it. If you're cool with it, it's freaking wrong. I say that to say this whole week and a half, the Lopez team has been talking grizzly, talking crazy. They even said they don't need top rank anymore. They're ready to move on. They're going all this stuff here, right? And I bring this up to say, Jorge, 
Because when Bob Arum got, we're close to the finish line with Manny Pacquiao, Terrence Crawford, June 5th, uh, Lopez, who, if you're going to do a pay-per-view on June 5th with Thriller, you are not now. You're not winning, <laughs> you're not winning that pay-per-view match. That, no. You can see Pac-Man, Crawford here, Lopez, and a mandatory. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. I'm talking as a boxing fan. I'm not buying it. I probably end up nope. buying it because I have to cover it. But if you think you're going to make that money that you think you're supposed to make at the back end, eh, no. I may not. You know, because we're covered. I may not buy it. I What I would do probably, if you did the same thing, I'm watching Manny, Terrence Crawford, and I will go on the dark web and find a bootleg stream on this one. I am not going to lie on this one. I will find the bootleg stream after the fact. I am not paying for this fight here if it's going to be in the same day. I brought this up, Jorge, because I was saying that it's a business move and Bob Arum being petty. And I know you originally said that I don't think it's him being petty, but I was, from my standpoint, I was saying petty because we've been seeing Thriller and the Lopez team talking, no, well, Lopez team talking Grizzly Bob, Bob Arum, and then Thriller's like, yo, we're doing June 5th, you know, we're going to have Justin Bieber performing, we're go- it's going to be a big bonanza, you know, we're going to set this up because, you know, Jake Paul got his pay-per-view in April, so we're going to blow this out. So Bob Arum probably in top range is like, yo, man, this is one of our top guys. We've been promoting, we paid, we put millions in ESPN advertising. We didn't pay for the mandatory. He got paid. Cool. We got 800,000 out of it. <laughs> nice. So now you got your check and now you want to talk all this mess here. You know what though? Here's the thing. This was gambling. Everybody wins every now and then, but the house always wins. So you know what? Aaron says, I'm taking June 5th. I'm taking this date now. So you know what though? You're not gonna be able to fight on June 5th. You got your money. Cool. Try to fight on June 12th. Or 19. Oh, you can't. You know why? Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury pay-per-view is coming up. You might got to go to June 26th now. Oh, there's other fights coming up. You might have to fight in July, possibly, here. Now, because of Manny Pacquiao and Terrence Crawford, your fight's going to get moved. That means that the schedule's going to get moved. No, that means that's another pay-per-view in the summertime, which means that there's going to be people who cannot buy every single pay-per-view like us. They can only afford one pay-per-view for a certain period of time. So, you're losing pay-per-view buys and your schedule's getting moved down the line now mm-hmm. and it's going to kill your schedule for the rest of the year and Bob Arum is the house. He's been promoting for 70 years. You cannot go on this diatribe thinking that you're better than him and know the business better than him. You're going to win every once in a while. The house always wins in the end. I actually take it a little bit different here, a different analogy. I look at the, if anybody who's watched High Stakes Poker, I'm a Texas Hold'em guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I play that game mostly. Most of us who've Play, you know poker, know it through Texas Hold'em, know it through Doyle Brunson. Anybody who's watched High Stakes Poker, any past shows and stuff, understands exactly what the hell he did. Bob Aaron pulled off a Doyle Brunson. He went <laughs> all in on a youngster, that youngster being Triller in this case, and said, okay, all right, I'm going to put you, I'm going all in here. A couple million dollars. What you got on, my, what you got on me now? You're going to fold that hand? If you're right, you're going to fold that hand. You don't know what the hell I got. Except in this case, you know what Aram's got. Pocket aces. Crawford and Pac-Man. And that's exactly what you're dealing with, Triller. Pocket aces. And here's the thing, too. I didn't cut you off. Thriller doesn't have a beef with Top Rank or Top Rank with Thriller. Even Aaron said that, hey, they're going to enhance us. But the thing is still that Lopez and his dad pulled Thriller into some money drama that did not need to happen. You got paid. They put $6,018,000 on the purse bid. two point one on Top Rank and $3,000,000 on Matchroom, um, Eddie Hearn. Three million more than Matchroom. You got paid. Train, work with Thriller, 
get this money, promote the fight, boom, on to the next. You don't got to go on and saying, man, we ain't, we don't need Bob Arum anymore. That was a big mistake. We don't, we, don't, we don't need a promoter. We can do this on our own. We're making money now. We're only fighting on pay-per-view. What's this? No, we ain't fighting regular ESPN now. Forget this mess. Ain't know what Bob Arum said? You got a contract with me, okay? If you have the money to buy out your contract, we can negotiate that because Aram has buyouts on all his contracts. Yep. The biggest buyout that we've mentioned before, and there's a grandiose story that made Floyd Mayweather the way he was, because working with Al Heyman, then secured the $700,000 buyout. Most guys don't got 700 Gs. That's why you look up Al Heyman. Yep. Al Heyman had deep pockets. I'm going to represent you. You know, we'll, we'll put this money up and pay me back in, you know, in, in installments. We're going to get this bag together. I don't, and I think if you look at Aram, he has every contract like that. 700,000, 2005. Can you imagine that's 16 years ago? You know, the contract would look like for Lopez now in that same scenario when yeah. he's only 23 and Floyd was already with top rank for eight, what, what 2005, nine years? It was 700,000 a buyout. Then you imagine the buyout's got to be somewhere about a million. And here's the thing, too Floyd was already with top rank for nine years. So we're looking at a young T family. I bet you that, I bet you it's a, it's a de escalator. You know, as in the de-escalator, as far as the buyout, like, of course, if he got in like a couple of years ago, it probably like two million because, you know, you're putting so much into the fighter. They have the Skype to him and per diems that they, they, they take care of him. So there's something going on. The length of his contract will make a difference. Yeah, the length, point. too. I'm with you on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, depending on the length and the per diems when you're getting started, things of that nature. Sure. And then with Floyd, though, of course, like, yo, he's this great fighter here. At this point, it's going to be 700000 I'm making this much money off of you. I bet, like you said, probably 1.1.2 million easily. I, I, I say the closer he gets to the end of that contract, it probably gets a a little bit like you're saying, the escalators maybe around 900,000, 800,000 by mm -hmm. that point. But right now, it's easy, it's an easy million, yeah, easy, easy million. So, I, at the end of the day, why you would burn the bridge with a basically and in some degree, boxing royalty still. Bob Aram's been in boxing for a long ass time, he just, case, what is he, 89, 90, he just had a birthday. I mean, at the end of the day, you, 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 you're saying the wrong things and doing the wrong things. If you want to complain about Bob Aram for other things in terms of Fights you're not getting, or or he skimmed your purse, your like Don King stuff that we've known. Like, exactly, I didn't get he. I looked at my contract and I got charged for freaking towels at the MGM Grand. Like yeah. you know that that's famous, fifty thousand dollars per towel. Mike Tyson was getting jipped out of his purses. Exactly. You know Don King skimming every little thing. You know that's the hotels towels. You know exactly. what I'm saying? But you you're young, your team is young. You're 23. You're a new champion. Bob Aram has been doing this. We talk of since the 60s and the 70s before we were even thoughts, Jorge, before your mom and dad, my mom and dad even thought about us. Mm -hmm. Bob Aram was out here promoting fights with Ali, Definitely. out here with George Foreman, out here with every major fighter from that era. You don't think that you're going to win. You got money. You, you, you came up on top with a big mandatory. Bob Aram is the fucking house. Yeah. So he has more than one fighter. Terrence Crawford is above, you know, his Crawford's coming. I mean, his contract's coming up. He is above the ladder than you. He, you know, as far as like, yo, I got, you know, I got stable fighters who I've been promoting. ESPN put more money in Terrence Crawford than they did T.F. Lopez. He knows a lot of millions in both of them. Yep. Who is going to win the battle, Manny Pacquiao or Lopez? No, you're not going to win a peer review against Manny Pacquiao. So you talk all this mess, you put yourself on a pedestal, and now there's an opportunity. Oh, here's what I want to add too. You're saying you want to fight only on pay per view? That's not going to happen when this is going to go now. This pay-per-view is going to tank at this rank here because you can't stay on June 5th now. Pay-per-view model of the business says that normally you see no more in two pay-per-views. And normally that's allowed when you have like 
a UFC against a boxing. You see very little two boxing pay-per-views at the same time. You're not going to get three. You know, the pay-per-view industry gets 50% of all revenue from that off the rip. They're not going to kill their money by throwing a whole bunch of pay-per-views where people are not going to, if there's too many pay-per-views, people ain't going to order. Yep. You know, it's like, oh, I'll just wait on that. No, nah, there's too many of them out there. So like I said, June 5th is going to be out the door for him because Manny Pacquiao is going to do, Terrence Crawford, I say, six, 700,000 pay-per-view buys at the minimum. Yep. Manny Pacquiao still has a name that can generate hundreds of thousands of dollars of pay-per-view buys. Not the million, but with ESPN now, this could be a million because ESPN has that platform. They have five channels. They got ESPN Plus. Mm-hmm. So they got that thing that's going to be out there and pushing it out. And what do you do, Lopez? You just, you want to you wanna just keep poking the bear? Poking the bear? Yeah, no, no. You're doing business the wrong way and stuff. And look, I mean, in the summer, typically August, August typically is like a, like a, like a vacation month for a lot of the boxing community and stuff like that, though. So why? Because September comes up, right? And you got a Mexican Independence Weekend on the September it's going to be a, I mean, you, you, I mean, Canelo's fighting that September. So you are stuck in a rock between a rock and a hard place for your June, your July. Cause you honestly, if you try to do something in August, you're not gonna make any money there either. So you, you basically, I, I, by burning the, you're, you're not completely burn the bridge. Cause you still got the contract mm-hmm. with Aram and stuff, but you're, you're light, you're, you're lighting it up though. Yeah. I, I don't know why you're doing that. Yeah, so man. my suggestion to you, the TFO, TFO fam, would be get this fight in with, with Triller, and once you're done, make nice until the contract's up, or buy it out. Yeah, right. Either buy out or make nice until the end of the contract. That's why. The that's day, why I brought the Floyd thing because if you're gonna go this ham, you, I hope you got the money just to buy it out and don't just because. Now I said that I make I, I brought this up because this parallels similar, but not from the attitude standpoint of Terrence Crawford. He had his first pay per view several years ago. And it wasn't a mandatory. It was a unification fight. I believe it was against Victor Posto. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was, um, this was leading for, leading up to him becoming the undisputed uh, junior welterweight champion. Yep. Yeah, that was a two belt unification. It didn't even do 100,000 pay per view buys. I think it was around the 94, 95,000 mark. And you know what happened after that? Terrence Crawford has not even sniffed a pay per view until this Manny fight's being talked here. There's been talks of him going on pay per view since he can't sell. It's always been regular ESPN. So, this is going to be his first pay-per-view, knowing the factors involved, and if it don't sell, you can't talk about pay-per-view unless you get another A-side like Crawford's going to get Manny. It's what's going to happen. You need another A-side. You're going to need Gervonta Davis for a pay-per-view. Mm. That, I mean, that's natural, but you're going to need that. You're not going to be able to fight any other guy on pay-per-view. You're going to need Ryan Garcia for a pay-per-view. He may not be a, the A-side, but he's a side that's going to bring... Matter of fact, he, he would be an A-side to agree. Mm. A 1A, 1B. Because the, the type of crowd he brings is different from Lopez. They're both in that same plane, 1A, 1B. I'm saying that he would need another A-side. You can't fight everybody. You're not Floyd. You're not Manny. You're not a guy who can just go on pay-per-view. Exactly. You're not connected. Canelo was on the zone. He'd fight on pay-per-view. The boxing landscape itself is the writings on the wall on the boxing landscape. I already told you. The zone's doing everything through streaming. ESPN's doing everything through streaming. Streaming the, and pay-per-view. And, and pay-per-view. But mostly streaming on ESPN. So most of the, the pay-per-view model, outside of Showtime, HBO's out the game. Showtime is the only Actually, one. Actually, ESPN too, because Bob Aaron's been on the record though. He's saying that that's what ESPN Plus is for too, as well. Yeah, it, it's huge. They they know that there are certain fights that you just cannot do streaming because the numbers are too astronomical. So you're right, yes, but at the same time though, there's going to be fights where that it has to have the pay per view model. It's never going to go away. Yeah, Bob Aaron's even said that too. Like I said, streaming for the zone, yes. ESPN is using both. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, and but there's a reason for that because mm-hmm. the pay per views were too expensive, and there weren't many quality fighters to put together to make pay per view fights. Yeah. It's still that case to this day, but 
with that said, you don't burn the bridge with a guy like it's Bob Arum because because he's been doing it for so long. And even to the point where yeah. Floyd bought out the contract, and you still have to work with Bob Arum at some point. Down oh, the yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because as soon as Floyd bought the contract out, um, correct me if I'm wrong on history, I think he did the Gotti fight. Yeah. Um, that was with main events. And after the Gotti fight, Bob Arum had called about fighting Arsenal Margarito, which I'm hoping, exactly. you know. So, like, even though that you're no longer working, like, there's only there's only so many players in the game. So even if you have a bad falling out, you're gonna work with them again. Like we so said, Oscar De La Hoya, Oscar and Arum have been contentious for the last three decades. They still come back together because they know that it's business exactly. and it's not many players. So for Lopez, I don't, I don't get it. I'm just gonna say it. I know there's a little pause there. I don't get what you and your dad are doing. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. I I understand you promoting yourself. The way you're doing it sucks. So there's a better way to do it. And, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll be honest. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll say it for TV and I'll say it for the other guys that out there, the other younger fighters. Like, do it with a little bit more class. Just a little bit more class. I'm not asking for a lot. I'm not saying change your whole personality. No, be who you are. But at the same time, just mm -hmm. a little bit more class. And that involves you, your fam, your whoever's representing you, whoever's your mouthpiece, whoever's speaking for you. Just a little bit more class and have a little more sense of history and some respect out there. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate what's out there. And Bob Aaron, whether you like him or not, he's history. He's he's, he's royalty in the boxing world. He's history. You and no matter how you think about it, you might think he may got, I'm not trying to be, you know, insensitive. He's about 89, 90 years old. You say like, he's working on borrowed time. If you're going to be an idiot, I know if you're going to be, he's like, he's going to die anytime soon, right? Top rank is an establishment. ESPN did not get into boxing business for no reason at all. Mm -hmm. ESPN was out of the boxing business for so long before HBO had the little thing they're falling out. And who jumped on the ESPN bandwagon? Aram jumped off HBO before that actually happened. Yep. And ESPN recognized, like, yo, we're spending all this money on these rights to football. You know, we make money, but what makes more money? Boxing rights make so much money, and we don't got to put too much into it. There's a reason why ESPN has poured millions into it and working with Bob Aram. Bob Aram and Top Rank is an institution mm -hmm. you you can say all you will want but i hope you got money to buy this bad boy out or you're just selling your you're, you're selling yourself short right now mm -hmm. you know there's so much I, I here's the thing there's ways to promote yourself why people, people might, i might get backlash on that why bite the hand that feeds you it is a hand that feeds you because you got a contract exactly if you do not buy this contract out it's gonna be a lot of i mean and here's the thing Bob Aaron still a whole bunch of characters in the past. You know, this ain't the first boxer that's been pissed off at him, you know, but you got to come back after this fight. There's a, uh, you got to come back home. There's a lot you, know, of, like, you can curse out your mom. It's like, dad, I don't remember you kids. Like, oh, I don't want to live. Here. I'm going to run away. Blah, blah, blah. And then you get outside and you, know, you realize I got to go back home and get some more things. Yep. Well, what am I going to do? Yo, man, daddy's right there waiting for you. The house always wins. That's why I want, that's my point. The house always, you can get a win. The house is going to get you back in and get that money back and then get you into that where you're in the hole. I mean, I mean, and most of the fighters that that, that, that speak a little bit more soft spoken on, on this stuff with top, with the top rank and Bob Aram and stuff. They, look, they, the great thing happens with this. You got mm -hmm. a guy like Miguel Cotto, he wins. He says, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look into it. We'll, we'll talk with our promoter. Let the promoter handle your business. Well, not even that, that part. I actually didn't say talk about promoter. He's just, they're just being egregious. That, that, well, there's a difference. There's, there's, a, there's, there's a difference. We're saying if someone asks you a question, yeah, and, Cod, and Cotto says, you know, we've seen that a lot of fighters in the ring. It's like when it's like, who you want to fight next? You know, I'm just a fighter. My promoter gets these fights done. You know, you talk to Bob Aram, and then we'll go from there. That's one thing. Someone asks you a question. It's another thing when you're volunteering. We're leaving. We're going on pay per view. F top rank. 
They can't do nothing for us anymore. We're the takeover. Believe in yourself. Now, you can believe in yourself. This ain't the takeover when you were locked in the contract and then Bob Arum just basically said, I'm being petty. June 5th, you know what though? I, I even made 800000 off of you doing this here and I'm going to push your ass back. Exactly. People may not see it that way, but that's how I saw it when I hit you up. I'm like, people ain't talking about this here, but Aram took June 5th away from Lopez and now he's going to push you down. Keep talking mess. You may not even fight till August. And then this might be your last fight for the year. Yeah, no, no <laughs> point, no, no point in being a line stepper, right? Don't be a habitual line stepper. Quote Charlie Murphy, my friend. Yeah, rest man. in peace. Never be a line stepper in that case. So, All the contract be done with it after that. I wanted to bring that up because uh, shout out to the Lopez family. I mean, you're doing good stuff. You're a good young fighter. I'm happy you're in the sport, doing your thing. You know, you know, you get this mandatory out the way. Hopefully, we'll see you against a Devin Haney or Javante Tank Davis or Ryan Garcia. One of those three guys, or even all three of those guys in the next year and a half, two years. I hope I see that. But as a fight fan, I'm telling you guys, y'all going about it the wrong way, and y'all need to figure this out because y'all gonna be buried on regular eight your ESPN. You're gonna get paid, but you're not gonna be looking at you're gonna get you're gonna get a humble pie the way they're going here. And now, if you was like if you was like uh, Terrence Crawford and had this is your last fight in October. Oh, I can see why you're talking to you. You're getting it out there to the highest bidder. Yo, holidays, baby. We're going, we moving on. Mm. But man, you only 23. You know your contract's locked, sealed, and delivered. Yep. That's what I want to talk about. You know, like, yo, Bob Aaron just said, hey, June 5th is mine now. Shut up. Sit down. Humble pie. <laughs> humble pie, man. Delicious humble pie. Enjoy it, folks. <laughs> yeah, let's we know that we're gonna we're gonna stop this one here, man. We we got other stuff to talk to. We're gonna drop another episode this week here. So we'll we'll end off here, man. So uh Let's just do it here. Let's click like, subscribe, hit the bell notification for YouTube people. Yeah, that's right. Like and subscribe. Oh, before I forget too, we have 15 new subscribers this week. Man, y'all is loving the stuff, man. So shout out to the new subscribers. We got more heat coming for you. Same thing too as well. Apple and Spotify and all podcasts. Check it out as well. And also I'm putting on the screen here as well. You know, Spangler Sports World, channel 250 on the Zingo app, 250. Shout out to our main man, Eduardo, man. Doing good things over there, man. Shout you out. Now you check out the show. If you hear this, hey man, what's going on? So, I want to say thank you to the support out there, the new subscribers. Much appreciated. I'm glad you're liking our stuff. Um, like Dave said, hit the like or hit like or dislike, but also if you no, nah, like, no, hey, no, I don't want no dislikes. Nah, uh, if, you, if you send us a dislike, look, I appreciate the I, I you know, I like I like feedback. No, right? no, so, so, so if you me. hit this, like, tell me why you dislike it because I want to know why. Nah. I want to know. Here's what I say you could you could be on the show and tell me why you're a hater, but like I said, like and subscribe and give us five stars. You're a four stars, I think you're a hater. If it's four and a half, and there's a reason why it's four and a half, and you haven't just like a particular episode, tell me why though. Tell us why, and we'll like to talk about it with you on the comment section, or like what Dave mentioned right there. Want to have a call with us? We can get something live going. Just give us a reason why, and contact us through the channel as well. Uh, with that said as well, uh, my live Domino stream is on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays uh, in the on Twitch. The it's at eight PM Central. Uh, we will be live tonight. Uh, this is a Wednesday recording, so. You'll be live tonight at uh, PL Lounge, 3456 North Pulaski in Chicago. So if you're in the Chicago area, do hit us up over there. The stream starts at 8 o'clock. We can get there as early as 6. Grab some drinks, grab some food. And if you're a good domino player, just join in the game and uh, have some fun with us there. Um, and so right now the schedule, there's nothing on the schedule currently on the Twitch channel. I'm going to update that because I was on vacation. So I do apologize for not getting the stream last Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. We'll hit it up uh, first this week. Okay, Jorge. So thanks for that information. Also, too, you can check me out on Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Central Time. Jump off live on YouTube. You know, jump off live. 
Wednesdays, 8 p.m. As well as that, if you want to check that out on the audio formats, we're on all uh, podcasts, Spotify, Apple as well. So on that note, we're going to close this episode out. Uh, we have another episode coming this week as well. We're going to talk about a little Tyson and Oscar De La Hoya too. Man, it's a lot of news we just couldn't cover in this episode. So we're going to close out here. So for Jorge, a.k.a. Papo, I am that dude named Dave, a.k.a. DJ. This is for Boxing Now, and we're out of here. Peace, family. Stay safe, folks. Thank you.